Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. Tonight is Thursday, March the 26th. And tonight we will be continuing our study in the book of Peter, um, Second Peter, um, where we left off last week, chapter three, and uh, that'll finish finish that one up. And then uh, we're inching ever so closer to Revelation, which I'm really looking forward to that study. And um, but before we get started in the book of Peter, um, Pastor Eli has a letter he wants to read from a prisoner. So, yeah, and uh, for those who are unaware, I've had a uh, internet, uh, sorry, a mail uh, prison ministry for oh, a good ten years or more, and uh, I think I've uh, uh, gotten up to about four hundred prisoners who uh, collect my mailings. And uh, people who've uh, you know, heard me talk about this before know that I've had to push uh, several states and several federal prisons to allow. Christian identity, that is white segregationist literature, into the prisons because the prisons hate uh, segregationism. Okay, but nevertheless, uh, our literature is protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. It's protected by the First Amendment of virtually uh, a major uh, free speech and freedom of religion um, uh, language and all of the state constitutions. And it's protected by the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act, which says that prisons cannot censor uh, racially segregationist literature unless they can demonstrate that it's a threat to the security of that institution. Of course, CI people do not engage in violence, and so they cannot they cannot censor our literature without stretching the limits and actually violating the law. Okay. Uh, I've successfully petitioned uh, uh, at least a dozen state uh, prisons and uh, a couple of federal prisons who have have tried to censor our literature. And there's only one prison in America that is still fighting me, but uh, I realize it's a corporate prison, Corrections Corporation of America, uh, who's in this particular prison is well, I won't mention the name because I don't want to prejudice uh, the case, you know, make them even angrier with me than they already are, right? But I'm getting ready to go over their heads. This is the only prison in America that uh, still censors identity literature, okay? And so I have just threatened them with a lawsuit, and I sent the uh, and let me put it this way: the prison is run by lesbians, okay? And, of course, lesbians being ultra-feminists and probably communists as well, they, they always feel that they're above the law, and they don't have to obey the law. They can make their own law. And that's what these ultra-left-wing communist types are like. You know, they're all like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm getting ready. If they, if they censor one more piece of my literature, I'm going to go, you know, take them to the higher authorities. Okay. 
in which, you know, I'm going to demonstrate because this has been going on for three years. Chair, oh, I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> in both cases, the, uh, the uh, wardens are women. And uh, typically, women in the prison system are lesbians. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I've, I've had enough of their guff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go after them. I'm gonna go after them personally, because they are violating the law personally, and they know it. Okay, so this is gonna get interesting, and I uh, can't wait to confront them personally. If it takes a courtroom setting for me to confront uh, them personally, uh, I'm gonna really enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, here is. A letter from a prisoner who, uh, let me see which prison he's uh, he's writing from here. Okay, uh, okay, this is in Florida. This is a Franklin uh, Franklin Correctional Institution in Florida, and uh, so this guy has been getting my literature for several years. And he says, uh, Pastor Eli. I hope this letter finds you in great health and good spirits at the start of this new year. Of course, he means the uh, Hebrew New Year, the Israelite New Year, which uh, begins at the spring equinox. As for me, I continue to be blessed with the knowledge of our wonderful God. I recently decided to backtrack a bit and reread the pamphlets you've sent sent to me over the past couple of years, all 32 pamphlets to be exact. I always pass them around and use them as teaching aids, but going back and reading each one with my ever-increasing understanding, I must admit, I truly admire your work. I have received literature from other CI ministries, and with each I draw a more broad range of comprehension of Yahweh's word. Regarding the insights of others, I can definitely appreciate your work and efforts. Your teachings on the intertestamental period is second to none. The understanding I've acquired from you of that era and how it's been used to dupe the Judeo-Christianity crowd is priceless in my teachings because he teaches these things further to his fellow prison mates. Now, when I read my Bible, KJV, I don't even have to think about when I read uh, what it's really saying. I naturally know, and it's the same when I read it out loud to my students. I don't have to constantly think about what to change the mistrans. I just say them. So in other words, he's uh, I've sent him my word studies and he know what the he knows what the exact Hebrew and Greek words are and he just uses those instead. Okay? Because the KJV has mistranslated dozens of those words and therefore fooled uh, Judeo-Christians uh, up and down, back and forth, left and right. But let's continue. I read out loud to my students. I don't have to constantly think about what to change the mistranslated words to. I just say them. I truly owe this enlightenment to you. I didn't understand how much I excelled because of your teachings until recently. Let me explain briefly the two instances that showed me how far I've advanced. The first is, was a test of patience. The, the unit I'm on offers a class in Chaplain's Church. It is not Yahweh's church. It is called the discipleship class, and I decided to attend. You probably wonder why would I would want to attend a class full of closed-minded Judeo-Christians and mamzers. Simple. 
the majority of the students are lost Israelites. I was hoping to be able to reach out to a few. When I wrote the chaplain, the request to attend this non-denominational class, I was denied. Reason given? Not Christian. In other words, he is not a Christian. Wow. He said this because on the state's computer, I'm listed as identity Christian, and he didn't agree with our teachings. It's odd that he denied me because he said I was not Christian when in the state's computer it even has the word Christian in the labeling, identity Christian. I went to speak personally with him, and the first thing he did was call me very loudly in front of the mixed congregation a racist and a white supremacist and told me I was not allowed to bring controversy into his church class and kicked me out of the chapel. Wow. Okay, this is how much we are hated for what we teach, for for following our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Yahshua Messiah. I continue. I wrote him another request, grievance, complaining, explaining why I am a Christian. I used Bible passages as well as dictionary definitions to no avail. He denied me attendance again, this time quoting a Chester L. Quarles professor at the University of Mississippi who says, quote, we are a wide variety of loosely affiliated churches with a white supremacist theology who promote a racist interpretation of Christianity, unquote. Well, that's, that's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> I could not believe how angry and closed-minded this man became, all because of our denominational differences, which technically, uh, that's all it is. He believes that he's been taught what he's been taught, and anything beyond that is wrong. I decided to simply change my religious labeling on the computer to Christian, non-denominational. After all, it won't affect or change my beliefs. I'm still fighting with him about the change, and I now have a grievance filed with the administration. Once they change it, that is to Christian, non-denominational, I'll sign up for the discipleship class again and see what excuse he'll use this time. If he does deny me again, I'll have a nice little discrimination case. Please pray for this man, okay, and please pray for this prisoner. Let me give you his name again. I think I may have neglected to do that. That's William Carlson. William Carlson. So please keep William in your prayers that he successfully petitions the prison to allow him to attend this class, okay? All right, and then uh, now the second instance is, it says it's kind of a joke, because what happened was he was trying to explain Christian identity to a Roman Catholic. And uh, and it turned out there was a Jew sitting nearby who overheard the conversation. All right, he said, now I promise you every word <laughs> of this is true. I was sitting under the pavilion in the rec yard talking with a fellow inmate who is a Catholic. He's been to some seminary college and all that good stuff. And we are discussing the age of the church, which he believes started in Rome. I was explaining to him about Joseph of Arimathea starting the church in Britain after being cast out to sea by the Pharisees. Of course, he learned all this from me. We have a number of proselyte Jew wannabes here, but we also have an authentic hook-nosed, yarmulke-wearing, troll-under-the-bridge Jew who happened to be sitting nearby. 
Now tell me this don't sound like a good joke. You have a Catholic, a Jew, and a Christian identist sitting on the wreck yard. He, the Jew, decided to butt in on our conversation by saying that Judaism was older than both. Pastor Eli, let me tell you, this evoked such strong emotions in me, I almost couldn't keep my cool, but I did. I started by explaining to him that the Israelites, when they congregated, were the church, which he reluctantly agreed with. But you could tell by his demeanor he knew something was amiss. He then claimed that they, the Jews, are the only authentic religion and tried to claim our heritage as a Judahite. I let him have it. When I laid into him about the intertestamental period, how they derived from the Edomite, Idumean, Pharisees, etc., uh, he could not believe it. His face dropped. I don't think he'd ever encountered anybody who could tell him who he was and where he came from better than I did. I probably told him things he didn't even know. He was completely flabbergasted. Of course, he he shot every angle at me he could think of, and I was able to debunk everything he said. When I finally told him he was of the cursed, mixed, inbred, satanic seed line, he got so worked up, I thought he was going to pass out. He finally called me a hate monger, Nazi racist, and marched off. I loved it. (laughs) Okay. So you can see the truth. The truth is beginning to have an effect on our people. It's it's tremendous. I just mm-hmm. I laughed out loud when I was reading this letter. He nailed that Jew to the wall. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. You know, with all of this fighting you're having to do to to get Christian identity literature, that should that really should strengthen everyone's faith even more. It does. You know, it, it does. <clears throat> because it only it, it proves that you know this is the true. Um, the true teachings of scripture well as i wrote to this uh, uh lesbian warden the the roman empire uh censored our speech then okay and i suggested that her prison is doing the same all right mm-hmm. so because the early christians were being persecuted just as we mm-hmm. are so history exactly. is repeating itself yes mm-hmm. yeah okay. Yeah. There is no new thing under the sun. That's right. right. <laughs> and there's the Jews are still under the sun, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But one day they won't be. We yeah. know what, what we know that. Their, their demise is coming one day. Right. <laughs> but uh, I love he dressed down that yarmulke wearing Jew. <laughs> I loved it. That was great. <laughs> you know, you know that doesn't happen too often in the prisons, you know. But it's going to start to happen out in the civilian world more and more. In fact, one of my congregants, I don't know, he might be in the chat room tonight. I can't get into the chat room. Uh, had a similar experience with a Jew, and uh, the Jew told him because uh, he was using he used the name of Yahweh, and uh, the Jew told you're not supposed to use the name of Yahweh, uh, you know, because that's forbidden. And he said, Well, that that's true for you because you're a Jew, but I'm an Israelite. <laughs> I can use the name of Yahweh. <laughs> and that Jew got flabbergasted too. <laughs> oh boy. Right? <laughs> I bet he threw a temper tantrum over oh. that. <laughs> well, no, this, this one he was kinda of quiet. You know, he he may not have been as knowledgeable, you know, he said, Okay, yeah, 'cause most Jews really don't read the Bible. All they know is what the what the Bible, uh, what the rabbis tell them, just like Judeo Christians, yeah, they don't know the exactly. Bible. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're ignorant about their 
mm-hmm. religion as as Judeo Christians are about theirs. That's right. About ours. So that's right. Exactly. Essentially, okay, brother, I, I had to share that with you. I, I, I was I burst out laughing reading that letter today. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, um, we will pick it up here with Second uh, Peter chapter three. If you're ready yep. and get your Bible open, okay. Right. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Okay, that can only be talking about the Old Testament, right? Right, because there was no New Testament when this was written. That's right. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, what is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. In other words, they don't believe that the end is coming. They say, oh, right. it's always been this way. Big deal. Right. Yeah. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that what that then was being overflowed with water perished, and this is now, not talking about Noah's flood. This is the first Earth Age. It's speaking well, about. it's interesting. Yeah, uh, most people interpret that way. Uh, my annotated Bible actually references Genesis one, two, and six. All right, and these people mm-hmm. are not identians, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they agree that this is a reference to Genesis chapter one, not okay. Noah's flood. Okay. <clears throat> but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved under fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. All right. Well, they're going to be judged. You know, uh, the Judeo churches teach this. You know, uh, since there's no sin, there can't be any judgment. That's right. Okay. If there's no yeah. sin. What are, the, what are you going to be judged on if there's no right. sin? <clears throat> but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And that's uh, uh, quoting Psalms 90, verse 4. 94. Yeah. Yep. 90, verse 4. Um, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Okay, so this, you know, and this constantly reminds me of you know, communism, because the communists say the same thing, that in order for their communist utopia to take place, the old world must be destroyed. Okay, so they're trying to preempt Yahweh's judgment. Mm-hmm. Of course, they can't. The Yahweh's judgment with Yahshua being the grim reaper, that's what he's going to do as the Lion of Judah, the judge of the world. This, this planet is going to go through hell, and we're just beginning to get a taste of how bad it's going to be with World War Three looming on the horizon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? 
looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness. Amen. Yep. When the that will be the third earth age. Right. The, uh, yeah. <clears throat> verse fourteen. Where wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved. Brother Paul, also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Okay, so always be on guard. Don't allow uh, unrighteousness to creep into your lifestyle. That's because we don't know when he's coming, as, as I right. said. No one knows when he's coming. It's yeah. deep in the night. So Yeah. I got news for you. He came yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no tomorrow. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me read the survey. I'm curious what they have to say about first John, whether because John, both in the Gospel of John and in these epistles, is the most stressful of the law. But you want to bet they won't mention First John chapter three verse twelve. Okay, I doubt it. But they said I think they're not going to mention the law at all. Okay, let's let's look. Survey. The first epistle of John was written to a Christian community who faced the Gnostic heresy of the first century. John, and by the way, let me just mention here: Gnosticism, for the most part, is a mixture of early Christian teachings, true teachings with the traditions that whatever group, uh, Gnostic group is, grew up with. And so what they did was they mixed up their uh, the traditions they were familiar with, with this emerging Christianity. Not all of those traditions are false. A lot of their teachings are in fact true, but I would say most of it's extraneous to Christianity, but some of it does contradict Christianity. Okay. Kind of like Judeo-Christianity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but uh, I would say Gnosticism is far better <laughs> than Judeo-Christianity. <laughs> All right. Okay. John, because I'd say most of these people were sincere in their attempts to merge their traditions with the emerging Christianity. All right. But you know they weren't trying to destroy Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple exceptions. Marcion uh, was uh, was an exception. And a couple others. John sought to encourage its members to live the kind of life consistent with fellowship with God and his Christ. It deals with such vital themes as righteousness. Okay, he does mention righteousness. Love, truth, and assured knowledge. The author does not consider these themes merely as ethical requirements, but as religious realities based upon the Christian revelation of God and his Son. 
Therefore, Christian doctrine lies at the root of the book, and one is tempted at times to think of it as doctrinal exposition of the reality of the incarnation of God in Christ. If we are to follow the mind of the writer, however, we must avoid his, this temptation, since he is primarily concerned with the quality of the Christian life of his readers. Well, no, he's primarily concerned with the law. That's what he's concerned with. Mm-hmm. John's second letter was written to warn a Christian woman against indiscriminate fellowship with unbelievers. Very good. We're not supposed to fellowship with the heathen. The leading ideas of the epistle are love, truth, and obedience, which partly involve and partly supplement one another. Obedience without love is servile. Love without obedience is unreal. Neither of them can flourish outside of the realm of truth. Uh, that's that's pretty good, although he still... Uh, takes uh, goes to pains to avoid using the word law. Righteousness is as close as he gets. The letter is addressed to an elect lady, which probably is exactly what is meant, though many interpreters take this as a figurative expression designating a church. No, it means Israel. Mm-hmm. The evidence for such use is weak, and the reason to expect it here is obscure. The epistle seems to be a private note to some Christian woman of John's acquaintance, probably a widow and was occasioned by his meeting some of her children whom he found to be true to the faith. The purpose of the third letter is to commend Gaius, a loyal and active layman, with considerable property for his Christian hospitality in entertaining itinerant Christian preachers and helping them on their way, thus participating in their missionary work. The letter also speaks of some internal trouble in that church that involved Gaius and Diotrephes. Okay, so uh, it's always worth reading, you know, these uh, commentators for because sometimes they provide interesting historical details that we don't know about. Okay. Yeah, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it, sma- it hits the ground, it gets smashed. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do it. First letter, right. John. First epistle, John. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Okay, so this is eyewitness testimony. <clears throat> For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Okay, with the Father, making a distinction between the Father, Father and, and the Son. Son. Yep. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you may, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Again, that distinction yes. between Father and Son. And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Okay, now this is interesting. Uh, because uh, here John is John is the philosopher of all of the uh, you know apostles that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all, and this is a, a statement that light comes from the Father that the same light that the physicists call you know call light and you know in, in its uh, uh, various uh, ranges of vibration, okay. Uh, so, uh, and and John, and first in the uh, in the Gospel of John, 
declares that the universe was created by the Father through the Son. All right, so it's created by consciousness, by conscious, by the conscious word. Word is vibration, and intelligence is comes from the consciousness of Yahweh. So the Bible tells us that the universe was created by conscious vibration, namely the word. The universe was spoken into existence by <clears throat> by Yahshua through the Father. Okay, and that and science cannot contradict that statement. It can, in fact, scientists, more scientists, especially nuclear physicists, agree with the idea that the universe is uh, conscious of itself and is a conscious being. More in quantum mechanics, I, I'd say. Up to 90% of quantum physicists have made statements to that effect. Okay? So they're way ahead of the curve regarding science uh, coming into agreement with the gospel than your mainstream physicists and academics who are utterly clueless. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Okay, and walking in the light means you're practicing your faith. <laughs> That's what that means. Mm-hmm. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Hear that, Judeo-Christians? Right. The truth <laughs> is not in us. <laughs> well, you never hear them quoting the, you know, the epistles of John. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so righteousness and sinfulness, you know, they go together. Exactly. Yep. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and not and his word is not in us. <clears throat> My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Okay, now whole world. The whole world of Israel. Right, which would be the Greco-Roman world, the known world. Mm -hmm. And they didn't think in terms of Africa, America, South America, etc., the Far East. He's talking about the known world of Greco-Roman, you know, white people. Yeah, those people would have never even known what all this was about. Exactly. Like, they, they, still, they still don't. They still don't. <laughs> <laughs> and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Oh! Wow, there's, oh. there's a lot of mentioning of the law here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we can't know him if we don't unless keep we keep his commandments. So if you make an altar call before John Hagee, <laughs> who denies the law, he actually denies that Jesus is the Messiah, can you possibly know him? No. Absolutely not. What about if I throw some money in the in the collection plate? Will that, well, maybe. That? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can buy wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> but you can't buy salvation, that's for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> he that saith, I know him, and keep not his commandments, is a liar. All right, all these Judeos are liars. Yeah. 
Boy, they need Absolutely. to read this at, at every Judeo-Christian church. That's First right. Of John, they need to be reading this stuff. Amen. <clears throat> but whoso keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abides in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Okay, you got to practice your faith. It's, just, it's not enough to yak. You gotta, you gotta yeah. not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. Right, <clears throat> brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning, referring, of course, to the Old Testament. Yes, the old, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Amen. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. Okay, now I think by commandment here he means the, the New Testament. Okay, that he's that he's explaining the New Testament. But the tradition of the early church fathers was that Jesus was a lawgiver. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, Jesus was a lawgiver. You know, he basically uh, taught the Old Testament law. But he affirmed it in the New Testament. Okay. Well, he quoted Isaiah many times. That's right. You know, he quoted many of the old prophets yeah. from the Old Testament. So, so uh, he's he's. I don't think it just can be interpreted to mean that he is making up his his own commandment. Okay. So I, I don't think that's what John is trying to say here. That's probably a bad translation. Well, he just you. says in, in verse seven, "I write no new commandment unto you." Right. But then again, in, in verse eight, it. it it's like it contradicts. It says again, a new commandment I write unto you. Yeah, it sounds like but a contradiction, but, it, but it sounds it's not. like it. But but it, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, verse eight again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. That's right. <clears throat> See, we he can't that, hate. Even we're not allowed to hate the Judeos because they're still our brethren. We should pity them. We should well, right. pity them. Yeah, and, uh, and and you know we we have to continue doing our best to enlighten them to how they've been deceived. Mm-hmm. You know, but the problem is they're like a drunk lying in the gutter, and they don't even know they're drunk. <laughs> they're still on a high, right? From mm-hmm. the, from that what, what was it? Uh, what's the stuff that the the that Hagee potion. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what's that? What's that wine uh, that the the, the winos drink most? Oh, what the hell is it? Uh, ah, I can't I can't think of the name, but it's got a really high alcohol content, right? It's cheap wine with a really high alcohol content. Something rose, something rose. Anyway, uh, yeah, they, they get drunk on that and they feel good. It makes them feel good. And that's where the Judeos are at. They're drunk on this phony gospel, and it makes them feel good. Yeah, like like Scripture says, my people love to have their ears tickled. That's they, right. They enjoy it. Wild Irish Rose. That's it. <laughs> Wild Irish Rose. That's what all the winos drink. Okay. All right. Verse 10, he that loves his brother abides in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness, 
and walks in darkness and knows not whither he goes because that darkness has blinded his eyes. So let them hate us. We're not going to hate them. As you said, we will pity them and pray for them. Right. And I think the thing to do when you try to talk with people about this kind of stuff is try to try not to belittle them and, right. and you know make them don't make them feel stupid or call them names you know right. don't drop down to yeah, that level because, because yeah because that doesn't work it doesn't work and there was a time when we were all ignorant of this stuff. that's right so, yeah. you know we all have to start somewhere and, and right. you never know if, if, if you plant the right seeds you know yeah god may make them grow so uh, Even I started out as a Roman Catholic, and you know what I teach about Roman Catholicism today, right? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Verse 12, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, so we're not talking about the... Well, it could even be a reference to the Greco-Roman world in its sinfulness, okay? But uh, obviously he's talking about... Yeah. To the to the sins of the world, you know. Right. The, 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 right. That so, uh, but that's not the world that Yahweh loves. <laughs> right. The world that Yahweh loves in John three sixteen is the world of Israel. Okay. Right. All right. <clears throat> For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Okay. Now that's this is what he's talking about. Right. The, right. the world, the love of the world, is all this the stuff that goes right. with it, pride and ego and, and lust and right. doing whatever we want to do without uh, and not living for, for the Father. Right. Now, this also refutes the idea that several people in identity have that Yahweh creates evil. No, he, no, he does doesn't. That this is not of the Father. That's right. Okay. He allows evil. He doesn't create it. Right. Well, yeah, what he created was the world, and he created free will. And because free will has been abused by by us, primarily by us. evil comes in, yeah. That's how the evil... Now, if, if the Israelites were not themselves doing evil, Jews wouldn't happen. Right. Okay? Jews would not happen. We give them power because we don't follow his law. Exactly. Exactly. And this is what most Christians don't understand. It's Deuteronomy 28. The curses of Deuteronomy 28. When we disobey, all of these bad things start happening and mm-hmm. allow and create the fertile ground for the Jewish parasite to operate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They have power because we allow it to happen. That's right. We can sit here and blame them day and night, but if we're not living the best life we can live, then yes. better look in the mirror and start blaming ourselves. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 17, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. Amen. This Little is great children, stuff, man. This, this, is. 
It this really is, is hardcore fire and brimstone. <laughs> it is. Yes. Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard that the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists. Oh, what? As in more than one Antichrist. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> whereby we know that it is the last time. Yes. Yeah, and, and of course, John himself couldn't know how long the uh, this so-called end time would last, right? But what he does know is that the first advent has taken place, a second advent is yet to come, and the period of time between the first and the second advent is the last time, all right? And uh, it's the amount of time that Yahweh gives us to absorb the knowledge of the scriptures, both Old and New Testament, and use those use that knowledge to fight off the Antichrists and Antichrists, mm-hmm. plural. Yep, more than one. Yes. And we know who they are. We know who the primary Antichrists are, but right. we'll see as we get down here to verse 22. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Okay, now this verse, verse 19, is one of the most critical in the New Testament because it begs the question, who is he talking about? From the context, it appears that he's talking about the Antichrist. Yes, there are many Antichrists, all right? Mm -hmm. Well, who are the people that put Yahshua to death? The Antichrist, the Jews. Yeah, yeah, the Jews, the Edomite Jews, the Edomite Jews. And this describes how that the Jews, let's say, let let me restate this. The Jews went out from us, but the Jews were not of us. For if the Jews had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But the Jews went out that they might be made manifest that they, the Jews, were not all of us. Because only the Edomites could possibly be spoken of in this term, because only the Edomites had infiltrated and they were brought into Judahite society by King John Hyrcanus, okay, which began the infiltration of the Edomites of Judea. There's only one group he could possibly be talking about in these terms, and that's the Edomite Jews. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth. All right, now the, now the unction but, is an anointing. What uh, What is your Greek word there for unction? See, because a lot of people don't realize that Israel is an anointed people, which goes back to our discussion of Galatians 3.16, that that is not talking about that horrible translation of anointed. They capitalize it mistakenly when it should be. It's a reference to the people of Israel. It's not a reference to the person, the Christ. Okay. All right. I have here in my concordance, it says, um, comes from the Greek word chrisma, an un, un, a smearing, an un, unguent or smearing. That is okay. the special endowment of the Holy Spirit. Wow. All right. It's an anointing. 
Okay. It's an anointing, okay? It's an anointing of the Israel people. And, of course, John, oh, I'm trying to remember which city he was in. I uh, can't remember which city he was at. Uh, primarily, he was bishop of one of the uh, one of the early cities. So, uh, but he's definitely talking to Israelites, probably of both the dispersion and, of course, which what used to be the circumcision, the you know, house of Judah, who, if they were understanding the uh, first advent, they realized that they no, should no longer be practicing circumcision anymore because it's just a physical ritual. Mm-hmm. That does not, and of course, I think it's in Philippians where Paul says, no, not those of the physical circumcision, those are not real Judahites, only those who have been circumcised in the heart mm-hmm. are real Judahites. So that excludes the Jews immediately. Uh, any Christian reading that would say, well, oh, wait a minute, that means the Jews don't qualify. Because they practice circumcision. There you go. They also practice a lot of uh, yeah, animal right. sacrifices, too, don't they? Right. Um, verse 22. Who is a liar but he Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? All right. Who, who's a Jew? <laughs> what is a Jew? <laughs> not He's talking know, about could, Jews. Well, you could say not only Jews here. You could say Hindus, yeah. Jews, right. Muslims. I mean, right. all of these deny that... that yeah. White atheists? Christ. White atheists? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. So anyone who denies mm-hmm. the Father and is the Son an is an Antichrist. So you and can says, see, yeah, the Antichrists are all over the place. They're all over. And it says in verse 18, there are many Antichrists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the churches teach there is only one Antichrist... And that Antichrist is yet to come. Well, you don't have to worry about him because we're going to be raptured. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> I'm the, insanity, the insanity that the churches teaches, it's amazing. I'm going to be selling some some uh, rapture T-shirts. Yeah, I'm right. Make some money off of this event, buddy. <laughs> hey, that's actually a great idea. Uh, be raptured. Uh, watch watch your folk radio. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. Steal their slogans. <laughs> <clears throat> Verse twenty-three: Whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So that excludes Jews. Yes, Again. Sure does. Yep. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you, sh- you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Okay. Again, a clear distinction between the Son and the Father. And, yep. uh, and saying that, well, what have we heard from the beginning? It's Yahweh's laws. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Okay, the Jews. The Jews are our main seducers, just like Nachash in the garden. Yep. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. 
And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone which does righteousness is born of him. Amen. All right, so how do you tell a real Christian? By righteousness. His actions, whether Mm -hmm. he follows the law. He's not just a hearer, but a doer. Yeah. Chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. You wonder why you're getting persecuted when you try to tell people these things? Beloved, now we now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All right. So now, in other words, we will our our senses will be transformed, so that we will be able to perceive in a, with a spiritual vision, not just with the five senses. Okay. okay. We will have elevated senses, and we shall see him as he is. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be fascinating. Yes, it is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Now, with this hope, can you possibly accept the, the, the paltry pleasures of this world? All right? Unless, of course, you're addicted to them, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, this, this hope sustains us. That's what that, keeps you going. You're thinking that's right. The big picture, the long run. Mm-hmm. This is, everything uh, here is temporary. Only. Right, and, th- and this is what differentiates us from white nationalists who have no such hope. Mm-hmm. Whosoever commits sin transgressed also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Amen. Hey, oh, Christians, are you listening? Mm, no. Sin is... <laughs> I know, I just said that. <laughs> and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. So those Christians who uh, say there is no law and therefore go on sinning do not know him. They don't know him. No. And it's talking about habitual sinners here. I mean, we all sin. We all mess up from time to time. And that's why we have to ask for forgiveness. But it's talking about habitual sinners. Sure. That's the explanation of verse yeah, please continue. Uh, verse 7, little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Uh, destroy the works of the devil. There can be no compromise. Right. And, uh, and this is a good verse to those uh, no-devil people, too, that say there's yes, no good. devil, no Satan. <clears throat> Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Ooh! 
Different. It says he's got That's children. children. He's got children. <laughs> right. Well, he just oh. told us who they were in verse 19, <laughs> right? And verse 22, right? And right. verse 23, yep, of <clears throat> chapter 2, yeah. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked All man. right. Oh. So the, the Kenites are excluded. They're not a brother. That's right. And slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Wow. So Cain was of the wicked one. There's, there you go. Uh, it, it could not be Adam. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <clears throat> Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother is in death. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. Wow. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding mm. in So if you so hate all those their, Judeos who hate us are murderers. They're murderers. That's, that's right. right. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and sees his brother has need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. In other words, don't be talkers only. Right. Doers. Yeah. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. All right, so if you want to pray for something... You, and you don't get it, it's because you're not keeping the commandments. Well, I prayed for a new car the other night. <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't got that yet. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm being, yep. being funny again. <laughs> Verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. Okay. There is no clearer statement in the New Testament that we must keep the commandments than these epistles of John. He says it over and over and over. Right. I think, I mean, if, if they had to read any book, if the Judeos had to read any book out of the Bible, I think I would probably pick this one. Right. Yeah, I would make them sit down and read it over and over again. Yep. Because they can't say, well, I'm a New Testament yeah, right? Lost <laughs> applied. Or I'm an applied. antinomian. Yeah. This is totally anti-antinomian. It's pronomian. It sure is. To the core. <clears throat> and this is why the Judeos never quote from the epistles of John. Never. They quote John 3.16. Yeah, that's about the only that's about the only thing they quote over and over and over and over right. again. And of course they and they misinterpret that. Totally right? out of context, yes. yes. 
Yeah. Mm. All right. We got. I guess we got. A few, we can finish up uh, chapter four here if you want to want to do that, or if you do want to call it a night. Well, let's see. What do we have? How many more chapters? Well, actually, we just have, there's one. There's only about we, three chapters left. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, then we got the second and third epistle of John. Yeah, so yeah. We could, we well, why don't we wait until next time? Because I'm sure yeah. we can uh, fit all those in in the next show. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll start Revelation after that. All right, well, we'll hit right. Jude, and then we'll hit Revelation. Oh, oh, oh right, okay, yeah. But Jude, I mean, that's a short one. Right, you know, yeah. 25 verses. Yeah. All right, well, I have right. enjoyed it. This is yes. this has been a very, this is a good book here. It is. Really good book. Better. All right. All right, brother. All right. Talk to you next, t- next Thursday. See you next week. All right. Take care. Yahweh bless. God bless. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.